Hello, my name is Alexander Twardowska, and this is Timothy Milder. Welcome to the Conversations with the Deans interview series by Refugee Economics NL, in which we interview deans of economic faculties throughout the Netherlands. Our goal is to give you a better understanding of what makes each economics education throughout the Netherlands unique and how this relates to the ideas of Rethink Economics NL. Today with us is Professor Van Vitello Stein. He is a professor of business and economics at Freie Universiteit Amsterdam and Dean of Phil School of Business and Economics in the Netherlands, as well as research professor in business, economics and governance at the University of Antwerp and Antwerp Management School in Belgium. His research interests range from international macroeconomics and personality psychology to industrial economics and organizational behavior. The question that runs through all his work is why some institutions, in the broad sense of the word, are successful while others are not. Van Vitello's Stein interdisciplinary approach is unique. He combines insights from general economics, business economics, business science, and the social sciences in an innovative studies that examine the behavior and structure of organizations. For this reason, we are delighted to have Professor Van Vitello Stein here with us in order to gain a better understanding of the intricacies in economics programs throughout the Netherlands. In this interview, we will first focus on Professor Van Vitello Stein's journey to becoming the Dean of FU, what makes FU's economics education values and what makes it unique, and lastly, how this refers to the ideas of rethinking economics NL. So, Professor Van Vitello Stein, thank you for making the time to meet us today. First, we were hoping to we could start with a question about your experience. Could you please tell us a bit more about what inspired you to become an economist and your journey to becoming the Dean at FU? Well, that has been quite a journey now for many decades. So let's see what I, what I remember from all that. But why I did start the studies in economics, I actually, I'm not so sure. It's too long ago. I think, to be honest, you're, you're 18 year olds, you're sitting at home. You have to think about what to do next. I was the first in my family that would go to university, so I had no advice from anyone. I had to do it on my own. So I did my kind of, um, I, I took the train to different universities on my own and just looked around and different studies. And then I had a list and I made what I liked, what I did not like, taking boxes, and then I ended up uh, studying economics in Groningen. Uh, and then uh, in the first year, it's kind of, well, of course, you're young and you have to kind of find your new, your new place in the world and standing on your own feet. But then after the first year, I started to like it more and more, and I became really kind of a, a passionate student. I really like the study of economics broadly. Again, I did both business, the business side, as well as the non-business side, what then was called general economics, now simply economics. Um, and I did that really for many, many years. And that, uh, in, th in those days, it was still a study of five years rather than four now. Now it's one, three years bachelor, one year master's. In those days, it was five. I became a student assistant, I think already in the second year. And I, turned, and I, I, st I stayed a student assistant until the end of my studies. After this, in the, I think the second year, I decided also to start studying psychology because I, I, I like studying. I liked also the, the, the idea to have kind of a, develop a deeper insight into individual behavior of human beings, which oh, I thought would kind of nicely and synergetically interact with what I was doing in, in the studies of economics. And uh, at some point, I think in the fifth years of my studies, I was asked whether or not I was willing to do a PhD. And at that point in time, I had no clue what that would involve. So it took me a couple of days of thinking, is that something I would like? Do, do I aspire to become an academic? Because I never thought about that. And I said, not thought, well, why not? 
And that was still in Groningen, and it was a PhD on the micro foundations of macroeconomics. And then my, my, my then supervisor moved from Groningen, the north of the country, to Maastricht, the south. And that's what I did too. And then I kind of started to develop my own research skills more and more. Well, already then I started to develop my multidisciplinary kind of uh, interests. So in my PhD, you will find also quite a lot that really relates to psychology uh, rather than, than economics per se. Um, what also was a kind of a, a career-changing event, perhaps, I don't know, is that at some point I decided that it would be good to, be, to stay abroad for a while. And then I contacted Professor Baumol, William Baumol, a very famous economist who passed away a couple of years ago. He's well known from his Baumol's disease, for example, and from contestability theory. And he said, yes, why not? So I was stand, I was stayed a year, half a year at New York University. Um, I did whatever I did in terms of writing, sent it to him. And then about once in two weeks, we had a meeting and he said what I did wrong. And I returned to my computer, which was very primitive in those days and worked on my papers, et cetera, et cetera. So well, that was really a life-changing event. Then I returned to the Netherlands. Um, became an assistant professor and quickly a full professor. I was a full professor at the age of 29, I think, or 30, something like that, at the University of Maastricht, uh, and then made my career there and became the dean. Um, and then it was time to leave. And then I moved to other places. I stayed at different universities, Warwick University, Durham University in the UK, University of Antwerp in uh, Belgium. In Netherlands, I moved from, uh, from Maastricht, then Groningen again, but then not as a student, but as a, a, a professor. Utrecht, Tilburg, and now Amsterdam. So about nine to ten uh, uh, universities in total. I always have been active in terms of uh, admin, in terms of uh, leading whatever, the department or the fine senior research or the dean or whatever, and that's what I still, I'm still doing along the way. I developed my kind of research portfolio by simply, I think, curiosity. Do what you like, do what you're interested in. And whatever it is in the social science is broadly defined. So I moved from also in other disciplines like sociology, political science, public administration, because there were topics that were intriguing. But all the, from day one, I really benefited a lot from the very good training in economics, because what the studies of economics is extremely well equipped to train your thinking, your analytical thinking, both in terms of the theory, there's a, a, a really a heavy emphasis on theory, as well in terms of your research skills if you start doing empirical studies. Um, so I still benefit from that. Wow, that's quite an incredible that's the journey. Quite incredible one. Thank you. Um, so given that you have been actually a part of multiple economics faculties in the Netherlands, but also abroad, um, what do you think are the most important changes in economics education and research you have seen over your academic career? Well, actually, that's perhaps one of the things that is rather surprising about economics. You do not, you, you do not see that many changes, actually. It's really a kind of, it's what makes it very different and what sets it apart from the other social sciences that has a very strong paradigm. Uh, paradigm, not in the sense that there are different topics, of course, and methods kind of become more and more sophisticated. So that's not the point. The point is that the paradigm, both in terms of theory and in terms of, of, of methods, what you should do in order, if you want to engage and be involved in economics, is actually very constant. So in terms of the theory, it's really this kind of 
the, the, the thought that the neoclassical paradigm that you need to think about that some entities are maximizing something uh, and that they are rational in one way or another. But that's but actually that's defined in a very broad way because non-economists always think about economists' uh, utility as money and certainty and uh, complete information. That's bullshit. That has never been like that. From day one, I entered into economics, it was very clear, no, utility can be anything. It can also be non-monetary issues. Um, uncertainty abounds. There are all kinds of different types of uncertainty. We need to take them into, into account. Information is imperfect, etc., etc. So in that sense, yes, it's all about utility maximization, but in a very flexible kind of way that it comes much closer to, to reality than non-economists tend to think. So, but that's that's a key thing, and and that's kind of in in in, in the field of economics throughout. Another aspect is that they like to turn to math, math, and they like to model. So, economists like to make these little models, and they become more and more complicated. Where these entities are kind of maximizing something, and they start to interact, and if they start to interact, you have to kind of develop an insight into what might be an equilibrium. So, you need to develop equilibrium insights if, if different entities start to interact, etc. So, this is the second kind of key part. And the third is that from economics, there came a kind of a branch, which was actually originates in the, in the Netherlands, econometrics. And econometrics is a, is a very clever and sophisticated machinery, basically, to try to, to identify causal relationships and also the importance and the, and the kind of the size of the effects of those relationships. And that's really in the core of economics, and it has been in the, in the core of economics from day one. It also implies that there are other things that economists tend not to do. Uh, and that's what I think is a weakness. And that's one of the things that I would like to see changing also in terms of the rethinking economics uh, kind of development. So there are very different ways to, do, to, to, to study the world as well, rather than this. So interviewing, qualitative work, um, uh, developing your questionnaires in a very kind of careful way, uh, doing kind of observation studies, doing well, there's much more out there than this kind of core paradigm. This core paradigm is extremely strong, extremely productive, and it's well developed and it's good that we have that. But from there, we start to kind of travel into different domains and other territory. And that's happening also step by step. Behavioral economics is, is, is a well-known example, but there's much more to do. Given all that you have just described, kind of to zoom back a little, um, what do you think is the primary role of economists in society and what is the value that they bring, actually? Well, society is a big thing. So it, it very much depends on where they are in, in society. But they, have a, they are well-trained to, to kind of to have a, a deeper insight in... Basically, it's... it's is a straw man. So it's much more complicated than that, but they are very clever and very well trained to think in terms of cost and benefits mm -hmm. and try to, as a, and by kind of finding out what those costs and benefits are and kind of comparing the two to one another, kind of to find their way in terms of improving lives, all kinds of, it can be a life in, in an organization by developing better strategies. It can be as a consultant, giving advice to whatever. It can be applied research. It can be by working in a bank. It can be anything. But they're really analytically well-trained to kind of always think about these kind of costs and benefits and different alternatives and weigh those against one another, given the goals that you would like to achieve. And economics is not about the goals. The goals has been set by society or the organization or a democracy or whatever. But if you know what are the goals, 
And then you can start to think about what can be the means, the best means to most efficiently and effectively achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. And then economists are very well trained to do so. Thank you for, uh, for expounding on your journey and, uh, and saying what the primary role of economics uh, should be. Uh, we were hoping we could also, also ask you a few questions about uh, economics education at the FU. Could you tell us more about the unique strengths uh, the program has relative to economics programs uh, of other universities throughout the Netherlands? Well, to be honest, I think uh, the difference between the program in the Netherlands are minor. So they're all very similar. And it has to do with my first point, or one of my earlier points, that there is this very strong paradigm and this very kind of well-developed apparatus, how to conduct economics. That's, so, that's what being trained all over the place. So the things that I discussed earlier are also in the program at the VU, and they're in the program in Groningen, and in Tilburg. And all those programs share those very same features, and that implied, I don't know, 80%, whatever. You have to check, but a large percentage of those programs are really, really very much alike. And of course, there are differences in how you teach. So Maastricht, for example, where he was used to work for 12 years, they have problem-based learning. That's different. But apart from that, I think this core is very, very similar. It's also what do you need to train, what needs to be trained in terms of research capabilities, the, the, the math type, the set statistics, econometric science, really. I think we all share 80% or even more. I don't know. Very much so. <laughs> Another thing that is kind of striking that over the years, all those programs became more and more international. So basically, I think it's, if you would like to do a studies in the Netherlands at the university for three years in Dutch, I don't think you will find one. Formally, they're all bilingual. So formally, I think most of the economic programs advertise that they are bilingual, both Dutch and English. But in practice, after year one, English, full stop. Um, so in that sense, they became more and more similar. Um, uh, even uh, already, uh, even more than they already were. So then, still, what makes sets them apart are, are little things. So, for example, the Vrije Universiteit has has, a, has roots, a very specific roots in a long history. It used to be a, an emancipation university. It was established as a private university to serve a specific part of the population that was not served well by the by the then existing university system. So this idea that you need to serve people that are not well served has been there from day one. So that implies now, these days, in the, in the 2020s, that the, a large, uh, with, together with Rotterdam, we have the largest pop, uh, share of students that are non-Dutch, non-Western, uh, come from different parts of the world, and are different second or third generation immigrants, for example. We have a very large share of that. So that gives also a different atmosphere, a different... Uh, the classroom changes as a result of that. So, so that's that's one thing that sets, sets it apart. The other thing is that the VU and, and hence also the economics program has a couple of values that are really kind of central and that are kind of in the program all the time. So it's like uh, open uh, tolerance um, and um, trying to invest in personal development, trying to behave responsibly and trying to kind of contribute to to more than your own life, to larger, larger things than your own life. Um, so there is much in, the, in terms of that, and that implies there are bits and pieces in the program that are different. For example, we have a concept that is called a broader mind, and that implies that there are kind of there are part, bits and pieces in the curriculum where you have to do more than economics alone, where you have to 
interact with the other disciplines in a way you have to try to contribute to solving a problem in society, say poverty in a neighborhood or whatever. And then you work together with people from other disciplines to do so. Um, so I think, and, and the other thing that is kind of very specific, probably for the view program that there is a larger place for ethics. It has to do with the other issues that already raised. So in all programs, including economics programs, there, is, there are specific courses focusing on issues of ethics, relating to ethics. So get yeah. quite large. But yeah. still, I have to admit, both programs in the Netherlands tend to be rather similar. Not only in the Netherlands, I guess, this is a, a worldwide phenomenon. Thank you very much. And uh, earlier in, in the interview, you also mentioned uh, what the primary role of economists is. Uh, how does that relate to the unique strengths of, uh, of your faculty? Well, that's a, well, as I said, that one of the things that economists can do very well, if they are kind of goals set by whatever, a democracy, an organization, then they have been trained to think about the different means to achieve those goals. Well, that's part of our program as well. And in those kind of, let's say, there's a broader mind, for example, and we also have something like community service learning, then you need, there is an issue, there is a, there, there's a goal, to, there's something to be solved somewhere in an organization, in a neighborhood, wherever. And then the economists, the, our students are trained to help to contribute to solving this. So that's precisely what economists are well trained to do. And that's what they indeed do already during their studies now and then in, in the form of, of different modules and different courses. Yeah, thank you very much. And um, kind of the reason we are here as well is uh, that at Rethinking Economics, um, we believe that the economics education uh, needs to become more interdisciplinary, real world based and pluralistic. And reflecting on our earlier discussion, uh, could you pl please tell us how your personal story and few, uh, few faculties um, or the few faculty relates to these rethinking economic yes. values? Yes, yes. I think the key thing is actually what I initiated. I'm here now for no, less than four years, so it's not that something that massive already has been achieved in those short period of time. But the key thing I, I, think, I, I, I believe in that, that respect is that I initiated the development of whole new curriculum. So a fully new bachelor program in economics that will be very different from the West. And it will be very different in a couple of kind of, um, uh, from a couple of perspectives. The first is that we will call it, it's, it's in Dutch. Because I think if you would like, if you, you are trained to serve a specific society, so you need to be well kind of ingrained in that society, understand all the, also the institutional, very subtle things of that society. So it will be fully, fully in, 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 in Dutch three years and also everything in terms of examples and the things you have to do will be that related to Dutch society. So... For example, I think if, if you're not Dutch, it might be difficult, but we have this very kind of polar model. So you really will understand that. We have things like the set, or we have the, the um, you need to kind of, the millionen nota, all these different really, really Dutch things will be part of the studies. That's one thing. Um, uh, the other thing is that it will be very multidisciplinary. So the, the core of the program, so the backbone is still, you have to be trained as an economist. So you have microeconomics, you have all these things, of course, macroeconomics, internationally. Sure, that will be part of the program. Everything related to business, not everything, but most of what has been related to business will be out. Because if you want to study business, please do so. There's no need to study business and economics. You will study economics. And instead, there will be many courses relating to different disciplines. So economics and history, economics and biology, economics and literature, economics and sociology, economics and so, so all these courses will be kind of next to the backbone, will be there. 
Um, so that's a new element. So there will, for, for example, there will also be a course, Economics and Literature, where you have to read literature, which has a very strong specific economics flavor, and then try to understand this economics flavor and why is that in this book and what does that tell us about society, body, body, body. So that's just an example. Uh, that's a new element. Another new element is that there will be labs. So there will be labs, but the only thing you will do is that you will study a specific topic in interaction with stakeholders in society. So say there is a topic, poverty. I don't know, we can change those labs year after year, depending upon what we think it makes sense. Then you will study the issue of poverty and you will do so in close interaction with stakeholders in society. For example, um, the, the municipality that has to deal with poverty in a specific neighborhood as well, or the, of the, or the citizens themselves that struggle with issues of poverty. So you will really send it to society and, 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 and help dealing, solving with specific societal issues. So that's, that's another element. Um, and also in terms of the methods, it will be different. So as, as you already indicated, in, in traditional economic training, the, the, the methods are very standard. Here it will be different. So you will also be trained, for example, in interviewing. Um, so in that sense, it will be a whole different, it will be really, really be a novel and a curriculum. And we are now uh, a year underway. So we have basically the we, we now know what to do, and now we have to go to you know, NVRO. And so there's, in the Netherlands, it takes three years if you want to study a new bachelor program before you can really start. So given where we are now, I hope you'll be able to kind of start this new program in 2023. All right. Thank you for giving uh, or teasing us with these contours yeah. of, of a new program, which uh, sounds uh, very much in line with our endeavor. Um, what I wanted to ask you as well, and not, it's not about the new program, but about the existing programs at VU, um, with relation to a, a report we, we wrote. Um, because in 2018, uh, we conducted a quantitative analysis of bachelor curricula um, throughout the Netherlands. And it was a report called Thinking Like an Economist. And the report found out that uh, Dutch economics education was dominated by the study of, uh, of market mechanisms among rational utility maximizing actors, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, sure. And these markets are implicitly presumed to make up the entire economic system. And this notion stems from the dominance of the neoclassical approach, <laughs> um, which, according to our study, takes up uh, around 86% of uh, our theory course time. And students are also trained within a framework dominated by quantitative methods, uh, which constitute, according to the study, 97% of our course time. Um, there's also a lack of, uh, um, of real-world economics um, here, as 75% of our courses stay completely um, within the world of, of abstract theory. So we were wondering, um, for the few, we found out that at the time the study of uh, at the time of the study, neoclassical economics constituted ninety three percent of all teaching time, and the bachelor had relatively few interdisciplinary courses and relatively moderate amount of pluralistic courses. The university did, however, um, offer a relatively large number of uh, of courses with a real world focus, as you kind of mentioned before. Um, would you say that the economics program at VU has changed since then? And if so, uh, in what ways? Talking about the existing programs at VU. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, my straight answer is no. 
so not that, of course, there have changed, things have been changed, but not uh, radically. To do so, we decided to do new programs rather than changing the current program. That's also very pragmatic. You know, there is there, this program is there, it's well, it's doing well, it has been well evaluated, it's actually students. Uh, it also has this kind of strong component regarding business, which because it's business economics and economics. So it's in that sense, we said, well, let, let's leave that not untouched, but largely untouched, do some fine tuning, but do something new next to that. And the one that I already referred to is one, and the other one is that we have a PPE program. So we launched a PPE program, which is um, uh, political, let's say, philosophy, uh, political science and economics. And that is now running for four years, perhaps, so it must be launched about the time you were here. And that's also different because it's by its very nature, it's, it's multidisciplinary because we have those three disciplines in there. Um, uh, so these are the, the things that we have done rather and I think that actually uh, well one of the things that I have studied over many many decades is change and changing organizations is, uh, and changing well-established routines is a nightmare it takes many many years you have to it's an uphill battle there is much resistance so most of the, the real innovation is not emerging because you change things that are already out there but because you start something new and that's what we did and then if that's there and it's successful then it starts to change the existing program as well but that's kind of a roundabout way if you now would try to change an existing program i think it, you, perhaps it can be done but it takes much more time much more difficult and you will be much less successful than John Chin and starting new programs as we do those two but would you say wouldn't you say throughout the years that you were a, 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 a dean at FU the economics program has changed a little bit you you said it it's uh, you fine-tuned it a bit but concretely what what did change then well, it's really at the level of the of the. I don't not not really as already said. No, not anything fundamental. So there have been courses that have been changed names, or there has been some another textbook, or there have been another another assignment. So it's really not essential at all. The changes have been happening outside of that program. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, and do you think that the economics education, or would you agree with us that? Um, um, that it has to become more interdisciplinary and real world based and, and pluralistic. And if, yeah. The so are there con concrete the, plans for, for such changes? The, 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 the answer is of course, is yes. And that's why we have launched these two new bachelor programs. Otherwise we have not done, have done yeah. No, so absolutely. I think that we should have inter economics programs that are different from the standard ones. It's too much, uh, as we would say in Dutch, Einheitswurst. That's not good anyway. So we need to have kind of, you have the, it's, it's all the same sausage, just to kind of say in the, uh, uh, basically what ANH was means. And you need different types and you need to be able to choose. And it needs to be kind of, in that sense, has to be changed. My, uh, my, my, own, my own understanding of economics program is that they will change in the core, that core slowly as well. But that takes time, as already indicated. So I think in many of the programs, and it will not be different in our university, behavioral economics has become more important. You know, three decades ago, it, doesn't, it didn't exist. Now it does. So these things are changing. But behavioral economics is a very specific way of dealing with multidisciplinarity. It, it, it takes for very specific types of psychology to work with and not other types for whatever, because the types that it does cherry pick are the ones that kind of fit nicely with the dominant neoclassical paradigm. 
of the utility maximizing um, agent. Uh, so the ones that are very different, say personality psychology, that are too different, they leave them not untouched, but largely untouched. So I think in that sense, yes, things are happening. And the things that are happening are the ones that fit nicely with what's already out there, that changing slowly. And next to that, we will do the other things that kind of introduce much more radical change. And at some point, those two worlds will start to meet again. And that's happening now. I think given the fact that we will be able to launch this new program within two years already indicates that things are happening quickly. If we do so, then the other universities, and it is successful, that's how, we, that's how it works. Then honest universities will, hey, wow, that's interesting. We need a program like that as well. And then there will be popping up more of those. Yeah. Now, moving a bit towards our final concluding questions, uh, we wanted to ask you, then, what are the main goals of, for the economics education at FU, and how do they relate to the unique strengths of the economics program, including aspects, of course, of interdisciplinarity, real-world economics, and pluralism? Yeah, well, the, my, my main, main, main goal is, I think there are two, two things. One is that, that within the existing programs, we will kind of further develop and strengthen these issues that, that are outside-oriented, right? like, so like community service learning, broader mind. So we will slowly kind of expand the extent to which we do that in the current programs. So that's one of the main things that, and that takes time, but that's what we are working on, that's one. And the other thing is this new program, particularly the one Humana Economy, that's really kind of a key thing. So if that works out well, and we can take we can take it from there. I already have another idea, but that will take time. That is, we will we we are engaging in an alliance with University of Twente, um, and we do have technische um, bedrijfskunde in the Netherlands, where you kind of have technology and business together in a program. We do not have a program technische economie, where you have intermingle technology and economics. And that's what another kind of, that's a very different type of multidisciplinary, but that would be very interesting as well, to together with Twente uh, develop a new bachelor program, which would be called, um, um, let's say, uh, economic engineering, or in, that, in Dutch, technische economie. That would be another interesting kind of path that I would like to at least launch within the next couple of years. Uh, so more specifically, what are the necessary steps then to achieve these goals? And do you have concrete examples of uh, more, more even importantly, when these goals will be implemented. You mentioned also the new bachelor program. And if not, when would you expect them to be implemented? Because of course, it's difficult to be certain of, of anything. Yeah. Well, if you launch a new program, the Netherlands is a bureaucratic. In that sense, it's, it's, it's not, that's not a marketplace at all, actually. Mm. It's a planning, planning bureaucracy. So you need to kind of make your case to the, to the ministry which is called the macro which kind of indicates, yes, that you need this program. It's something that is missing. If not, they say no. You need to go to the accreditation accreditation authority, NVAO, etc. So it's a whole, it takes three years at least to, to really start a new program. And we are now on the way. So my, I really think we can do this in 2023. I really think we have something unique and I would really be surprised if along the way, either the ministry or NVAO would say, no, we don't need this. So I think, yes, so that will be achieved in 2023. And that is as quick as possible. That is the quickest as possible. You cannot do this any quicker. So that, that's one thing. Uh, in the meantime, I will hope also to do this, 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 inter this program with, at the interface with technology that will take then two or three years long, longer. So that will be the 2024, 25. 
In the meantime, on an annual basis, we can fine tune existing programs and do things differently. And some of those things are also, again, very standard. I don't think there is any progress in Netherlands that is not engaging now with data science and artificial intelligence. Use that kind of examples. Of course, that's happening anyway. But I, to me personally, that is not so exciting. That's more incremental change. That's the kind of things that happen almost naturally. Those others are the big ones, are the kind of the, and that takes more time. 2023 will be the first one that we can really celebrate something really new, I hope, I believe, I think. Thank you. Thank you, Professor. Thank you for your insightful answers. And on behalf of the Rethink Economics NL, we would like to, again, thank you for taking part in this interview series. Um, thank you. Thank you.